Okay, all you Holly weirdos, we decided to give you another serving with your Thanksgiving leftovers. We decided to do another Listener's Tales episodes. You guys provided us with the ingredients and we are here to deliver and serve these delicious yet unusual tales. Okay, we have one that talks about fight, flight, and possibly falling asleep. What happens when you wake up to an unusual apparition of a man standing at the foot of your bed wearing a period suit? Well, according to Bryce, if it's Henry Cavill, then you stay in bed. But according to this listener, it's complete opposite. And what if you were attending a little party at Scary Dairy? Well, one listener did after listening to our Haunted Schools episode of Cal State Channel Islands, seems like his friends threw a little party at Scary Dairy only to have a visitation from someone or something from the other side. But we continue with the school spirit as we have another story that talks about a possible haunting in a dormitory. And it still leaves us with the question, when something traumatic happens in an environment, is there an imprint that is left behind? And finally, we receive a beautiful tale of an actor who's hitting a bit of a writer's block only to be given assistance from the other side. Could it possibly be the ghost of Montgomery Cliff? Well, you have to tune in to find out. So it's about that time to grab that leftover pumpkin pie and turn off all the lights, but leave that little salt lamp on as we sit around and share these listeners' tales. Yes, friends, the Christmas season is already upon us and we are going crazy trying to figure out what to do during the holidays or what to give our loved ones. Well, that's when we come in and we introduce you to Unsolved Case Files. Unsolved Case Files is a murder mystery game that lets you solve a fictitious cold case just like a detective. Now, what's really cool about Unsolved Case Files is that you could go on their website, unsolvedcasefiles.com, and you can select from a variety of cases that they have on file for you to solve. They even have some that are family friendly. And it just so happened that the case that we received is the case of Harmony Ashcroft. On May 8th of 1998, the small Indiana town of Riverdale was shocked by the brutal murder of one of its most beloved citizens on the night before her own wedding. The victim, Harmony Ashcroft, was murdered in the parking lot behind a popular local restaurant. And it's up to you, or possibly you and your team, to find out who murdered Harmony Ashcroft. Now, another thing that's really cool about the game is that they provide you with three separate clues to crack open the case and over 50 investigation documents and photographs. These include everything from newspaper articles, crime scene photographs, evidence report, phone records, and even coroner reports and fingerprint cards. It's perfect for individuals, couples, and groups, and even parties, so it's perfect for those Christmas get-togethers and also family gatherings as well. Okay, so where do we get our unsolved case file? Simple. Head on over to unsolvedcasefiles.com and select from a variety of cases. And after selecting a case or two and adding them to your cart, you can save 
15% off your purchase when you use our code word HOLLYWEIRD. We want you to save for the season. We want you to feel the Robert Stack vibes from Unsolved Mysteries. So head on over to unsolvedcasefiles.com, select your case, save 15% by using code word HOLLYWEIRD, and be the badass true crimer that you are by giving the gift that keeps on giving, solving a true crime, or that one person that got it right during the white elephant gift exchange. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Now, if you don't mind, we have to continue solving this case of Harmony Ashcroft. Say something. Say something. Hey guys, welcome to Holly Weird Paranormal podcast. We are your hosts, Tammy Merhap Chavez. Hello, I'm Bryce Mitchell-Williams. And welcome back for all you guys who are hardcore Holly Weird fans and OGs. It's great to see you guys again. Welcome back. And for those who are just tuning in for the first time, buckle up. Yeah, good luck. (laughs) That has been like the quote and the theme of 2021, like buckle up or hold my beer. You know what's weird? I think I might have said this in the last either interview or episode we did, but I... The fact that it is the day before Thanksgiving as we're recording. Yes. Is such a mind fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I literally can't understand that it's November. I, I told can't you. understand that it's Thanksgiving. I told you. Remember it's how we were recording? Chaos. Yeah. The day before Halloween. I know. And I told you, you blink and it will be Thanksgiving. Oh, once October hits, it's Thanksgiving. it is just a sprint to the new year. It really has been. I'm just in shock that we're in Q4 somehow. Like, yes. where the fuck did March go? Like, and I know I keep saying that every year apparently now, but like, obviously all of 21, 2020 was like a, a buy year, essentially. Like, everything was a waste. Mm-hmm. And it's like, with 2021, it just didn't get better like the years speeding by, but like what happened? It was recycled. I it was a recycled 2020. I just saw a commercial, and you know me, I love the Olympics. Like, obviously, I'm very critical of the IOC, but like the Olympics themselves get me every time. <laughs> and we just had them. And then I saw that in February, the Winter Olympic Olympics are happening because yeah. they like postponed them. And so now the years are all messed up and like squished together. I'm like, what is happening? Time is not real. Everything's an illusion. Mm-hmm. We're in the matrix. <laughs> and the story. It's so weird. Like, oh, we goodness. blink, we wake up, and it's already March 2022. Don't even, if the thought of writing 2022 on something makes me like nauseous. Like, <laughs> no, I won't be doing that. Thank you. In my heart, it's still like 2017. Right. Oh, that was such a good year. It's a good year for me. Yeah, it was 2017. Not Maybe 2016? No, 2017 was pretty decent. 2016 was Facebook a reminds me how good it was. weird year in our little circle of friends. So I think I had an okay year, but 2017 was really like quite lovely. It was. Yeah. And then we blinked and it was and 2020. This is so stupid. I saw this TikTok that was like, there was a ferret or something that got into the particle accelerator in England and that's why we're in the worst timeline. And I was like, oh. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Honestly, it makes I as will, much sense as anything else. I will else. take that. I will take that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you don't believe in particle accelerators, mm-hmm. you got to believe in something. So mm-hmm. Believe in the accelerator. <laughs> yes. Well, guys, it's November 24th of 2021. Allegedly. So bear <laughs> and probably by the time you're listening to this episode, you are going, you're already past the frantic crowd mm. of the shoppers at Ralph's or Gelson's or Oof. Kroger's or wherever you do your grocery shopping at. I got to go do that after this, and I'm 
I'm dreading it. I don't have to because that is what we do in this household. We're like, who's doing a dinner? <laughs> what yeah. do they want us to bring? It's very smart. I do not cook. <laughs> I am like off. I'm like, we'll just pick up a fruit tart and yeah. go somewhere. You know? Yeah, that's the way. Charlie has an uncle in Lancaster, so we always do that. That's and nice. he always has someone that comes in and cooks. So we're like, salt, we'll clean. We'll clean. Yeah, that's a good trade. And that's it. I like knowing... So this will actually be the first time that I've cooked Thanksgiving by myself in a long time. It's probably been almost 10 years now. Oh, my God. So usually I will, like you're saying, I'll just bring, like, something. Yes. Wine in a dish or something like that. This will be the first time that I've, like, really cooked While drinking the wine. Oh, I always cook while drinking. Like, if you're sober on Thanksgiving, you're not doing Thanksgiving. You're not doing it right. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that'll be interesting because it's just been a long time since I've, like, I don't know how our grandmothers did it, mm-hmm. but God, is it a skill to get everything on the table at the same time? I don't know how they did it. You want to tell they me? They used us. They used the grandchildren yeah. and the children. <laughs> yes. I have severe PTSD yeah. Yeah, from this. You're not stirring it fast enough. I'm yeah. sorry, Grandma. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I did learn to cook from my grandmother and my mother. They're both very good cooks, mm-hmm. but there's something about the way that she just timed everything they know man they it's, just have that magic it is a kind of magic that's that is the southern, paranormal mystery that we really we'll try to figure out like, yeah we were very religious but like that is witchcraft i don't care what you say <laughs> i'm sorry that is a witch in action <laughs> yes our grandmother's making thanksgiving happen yes. is witchcraft I, indeed the only explanation they burned their herbs or candles and they sprinkled it all over the turkey it's tea though mm-hmm. it's tea well guys Speaking of witchcraft, oh. speaking speaking of the paranormal, we are going to be going over a couple of delicious <laughs> listeners' tales. It is that time for our listeners' tales yes. episode because we've had a crazy month and we're Girl. like, we need to read some stories. Mm-hmm. And we had a couple of weeks where you guys were sending in quite a few stories, so sending hellos to us, which we really <laughs> enjoy. So we have a couple of great tales, a recording of a haunted dormitory and one that Bryce will present to us about an episode that we covered mm-hmm. I think two years ago probably in 2017 That's so crazy <laughs> two years ago yes what? based on the I know I can't <laughs> believe I, I was like trying to find the episode I was like whoa this is like 2017 2018 wow. bravo to us but this one particular listener has possibly made a connection with the ghost of Montgomery Cliff crazy so, obsessed. yeah, so we'll touch on that story very shortly. Mm-hmm. And we'll touch on this one from another listener um, in regards to haunted schools. So, he was inspired by our haunted school episode. Yes. And we have a couple little tales to share. And one from our friend here, Heidi, Hi. that uh, she says, um, starting off with the story. Sorry, Bryce. That's ah. the beginning of the story right I know. there. I'm going to work on my courage. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to start with the first tale, starting with Heidi real quick. So, according to Heidi, LOL, sorry, Bryce. Girl, I got you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also sorry because my next story is super scary. So, Heidi turned in a story to us on one of our other listeners' episodes' Mm. tales of the haunted, uh, I think it was the New Orleans Square and Disney story. So, this is another one that she's um, sharing with us. Oh, no. I even got goosebumps after telling a coworker of mine this story, but here we go. 
A few years ago, my cousin invited my sisters and I on her in-laws side of the family's yearly family trip to Laughland. We stayed at a Riverside hotel called the River Bell and my sisters and I stayed on one floor and my cousin stayed on another. So we would have to walk to meet her every morning. One morning, her and her kids decided they wanted to take pictures in the hallway before we headed out to the pool. So we took a few pictures and looked back and noticed white orbs all over my cousin. At the time, I didn't know anything about orbs and we just brushed it off as dust, mm. which usually it is. Mm -hmm. It just usually is dust particles or insects. She asked for pictures of her kids and us and our pictures were pretty clear. And from that point on, she decided no, no more pictures in the hallway, LOL. <laughs> I wish this is where the story ends, Me but too. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. but on one of the nights we stayed, my sister and I went to sleep pretty late, but she told me to keep the room's hall light on because she knew I hated the room being dark. She went to bed and I followed soon after. As I was laying in bed, I had a very strong sensation as if someone was staring at me. Ugh. I sat up. Oh no. <laughs> I sat up and I saw a man at no. the front of the bed staring at me as if he wanted to kill me. Ew. He was an older, slim man dressed in what seemed like a 1930s suit with a bowler hat. I slowly laid back down, pulled the sheets on top of my head, and went to sleep. For years, <laughs> I've often wondered... Oh, you would have bolted. Oh, absolutely. Like a I mean, banshee whipping ship, that bed sheet over your head. The you ship be. will not hold me. No. Yes. <laughs> For years, I've often wondered if people have had experiences there too, but I never found anything. Again, Bryce, I'm so sorry if this scared you. I was scared when it happened. I and to, bet. to this day, I still get a little creeped out. First off, if a <gasps> tall, slender man in a 1930s suit is standing at the foot of my bed, mm. I'm I'm swinging fists. Yeah, it's yeah. on sight, like absolutely. I'm not I'm not gonna be catching feels. That's great that you wore no. suits, sir, to this you know bed party. But what the f and mother of f are you doing in and my just, room? Just like let me sleep. Like I just want to sleep. I know. No waking me up and staring at me. Uh huh. Like no, I I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst part of the, not the worst part, but one of the parts I hate the most about the Conjuring movie is when the, they're like oh, getting their feet yanked out of the bed. The shadowy no, figure? No, no, no. Nothing cute. You're ready for a jump scare. I love that she just covered her head. That is my go-to move. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm not dealing with this. I'm just covering my head like a child. I'm absolutely not. Like, no, we're not dealing with this no, today. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. It's like, okay, well, if they're able to apparate into right. your house... A blanket's not going to stop them. Mm -hmm. But in your mind, that logic makes sense. Like, oh, this blanket will protect me. Mm, very sheer barrier, but okay. It's yeah. either fight, flight, or uh, fall asleep. Yeah. So oh. there are your three Fs. Fight, flight, or fall asleep. <laughs> when in doubt. My boyfriend does always get mad. He's like, you just fall asleep in like the middle of the conversation. I'm like, sorry. It's a gift. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm like, we'll literally be like mid-conversation. He'll like ask me a question. I'm already asleep. He's like, we we were talking. I'm like, from wide awake to asleep in under 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. yeah, easily. That is a talent. It's a gift. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Not many have. So, you know, that's what do you have in your ghost kit? The ability to fall asleep, asleep on sight. Right there. I used to, when I was really drinking, I used to be able to sleep standing up. <laughs> Wait, what? Yep. 
You want to talk about a talent? Let me tell you about talent. Was that when not you like, reaching in your core for balance? Not like at the same no, time. not like freestanding. Like I couldn't do it like in the middle of the room. I was gonna say no, no, no. But like if I was leaning like in the corner or like against a wall, I could sleep. Have you ever fallen asleep in the middle of traffic? Uh, like while I was driving. Yeah. Mm, not like fully asleep, but I've definitely done the like wake up and not realize like I've been falling asleep. I've never fallen asleep. One time on the subway, I like fell because I like fell asleep. Oh my god! I, I was standing. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! I like luckily <laughs> caught myself on the handle that I was holding, but I like fell, and the people were like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I'm so tired." Yeah. Yeah. Bryce, I'm really good in bed. Yeah. Like, talk about falling asleep. I could sleep anywhere. I could yeah. sleep for days, like, hours, oh, good like in bed. bed. Like, sexy. Like no, 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 no. You're mistaken. No, no. I'm just good at sleeping. I'm good in the sheets, not in the streets, babe. And like, all that's of, what it is. All of my roommates in history have always been like, did we wake you up? Like, did you hear? We're so sorry. I'm like, no. <laughs> Let me be very clear. Once I'm asleep, you can pretty much do whatever you want. It takes a <laughs> lot to wake me up. A lot. I remember how you were telling me and Kelly one mm. evening how you were so serious about your sleep mm-hmm. that you pulled an Irish goodbye at your own oh, birthday always, party. Always Bryce Irish goodbye. pulled an Irish goodbye at his own. Well, I mean, it's your birthday. You could do whatever you want. Yeah. You went to, just to go to sleep. That's the best part about having parties at your house because you can just be like, okay, I'm going go to go to the bathroom and then just like slip into your room, lock the door. What happened with Bryce? His door is locked. Oh, yeah, he's oh, out. He's, he's out. done. Yeah, whatever. They're fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm sleepy. And this is Bryce Mitchell Williams. Yeah, Sleep Talk. Yes. Sponsored by, I don't know, one of those, <laughs> all those mattress companies. Have them sponsor our podcast. <laughs> you want a sleep study? I got your sleep study. Right there. You'd be perfect. <laughs> I would be. You would be all a those really great candidate. Yeah. yeah. That wouldn't bother me. Oh, all these wires are really making me yeah, really, huh? really <laughs> sleepy yeah. and drowsy. Yeah. Perfect. That's what we wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I really re- I respect that. I'm actually really proud of you because throughout the m- quite a few years that we've been doing this podcast, you have not once fallen asleep. There have been a couple times where my eyes have been very heavy. In- I noticed like how you would like kind of do. There like are times that. where I'm like, you gotta stay awake. It's just like <laughs> I think I think it's because at work. You know how does it work? You're like you're go 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 going. So then when you sit when down, you stop. Yeah, and your your house is so cozy. And yeah, like comforting. So I'm like. Mm safety yes that's how i make it (laughs) i know what a mess let's hope that you don't fall asleep during this beautiful tale i'm too scared (laughs) but you have another great story and this one is the ghost of montgomery cliff love it all right tammy and bryce thanks so much for the great content the content of me sleeping yes (laughs) i want to share a story with you that i find interesting that ties into your episode about the misfits in the 1960s movie and more specifically monty clift my name is jake i'm an actor and writer from new york right as a park girl Mm -hmm. over the pandemic i've been writing a play that has gone through many cycles of new iterations and abandonment i feel that yes that is the that is the artist way essence (laughs) yes what it's all about the number of things that i'm like maybe i should just burn this because it's terrible Mm -hmm. like ugh Takes time. What a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, unable to get through my writer's block, I decided to move on to another project that I was hoping to write, which is a screenplay. The screenplay is about a depressed man who has an obsession with watching the films of a certain golden era actor, hoping to escape the reality of his life. My intentions were to always have the object of obsession be Paul Newman and his many films. I mean, if you're going to oh, be obsessed with someone... It better be Paul Newman. It's got to be Paul. Oh, God, he's so handsome. Or Stephen Queen. Yeah, Just that's saying. a good one, too. But yeah. talking about Paul. But I think Newman. it's the dressing. Like, yeah. You know he comes with ranch. Okay. Oof. Oof. Drizzle some ranch, like dressing yeah. on his chest. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Paul. Ooh. <laughs> 
Uh, somehow, it never quite worked for me. It's because you didn't put the ranch in. I knew it. <laughs> Around the same time that this draft was trying to get off the ground, I found an auction of a few books owned by Montgomery Clift, his personal books. I bought them, and they were a source of psychic inspiration for me. Though my plans continued with Paul Newman, I hadn't considered changing the object of the man's obsession at the time. That's such a good find in mm-hmm. the auction. I'm telling you, like that it's is so cool. Also, a random find. I know. Like that's like the universe telling, telling mm-hmm. you, or maybe it could be Newman. Uh, no, not Newman. Like Cliff telling you, mm-hmm. hey, um, go buy Paul Newman's dressing and then come yeah. back and buy this poke, book. Poke, 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 poke. Yeah, poke. yeah. Well, I think so many times, like when we talk about the paranormal, it's that perfect intersection of yes there is something that's happening but you also have to be open and sensitive enough to listen and as an artist we've talked about this you're open in general yeah so jake is definitely open yeah i love that um i lived in la briefly a little over a year to finish my studies i had a traumatic breakup right before i moved back to new york and la became very haunted for me in more ways than one yes i yes, feel that we definitely feel that brutal mm-hmm. uh, i had to try to work up the courage for years to return to la and plan trip after plan trip fell through as i couldn't bring myself to pull the emotional trigger of going back to a place that was such a time capsule of my former life Ugh, i feel that mm-hmm. on a very deep level For some reason, this summer, I felt that I needed to go. I was pulled by something to return. As a New Yorker, when I lived in L.A., I didn't drive, so my experiences were limited to the places that my friends took me, and generally, they were not into old Hollywood as I am. I decided to stay at the Roosevelt. Love it. I've always wanted to explore the Roosevelt more as it has some very well-documented haunted history on our episodes. Yes. Yes. (laughs) On my last day, I finally worked up the courage to go to Monty's room, 928. I was alone, and it felt as though the closer I got to his room, the more disconnected I became from everyone. Oh my god, that's so spooky. Isn't it? <gasps> Ew. Uh-huh. He's sucking you in. Mm-hmm. My heart started beating. I felt a chill, and all my neck hairs ignited. Standing alone outside of that room, I heard a met- I heard a metronome like tick, tick, tick. And felt very much so like I was being watched. I had heard from many people that Monty's spirit was one of the ones that seemed upset and angry. And I was determined to prove that wrong with my own experiences. I did feel, I didn't feel anything negative, though I had a very intense feeling. And it felt as though my chest was being pressed on. I whispered hello to him and thanked him for his films and contribution to acting, took a picture of the door and left. I had some extra time on my way to the airport, and since I never had had a car when I lived in L.A., I wanted to visit Marilyn's grave, something I was never able to do. It was beautiful, though seemingly benign. The cemetery was empty. It was like 11 a.m. on a Thursday. I put my palm on her grave. I heard a voice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it gets better. I heard a voice that whispered within my own head say, act, act. The voice repeated twice. I hadn't mentioned it to anyone, but I was considering not acting anymore. The voice was unmistakable. It sounded like her, not the Marilyn voice we all recognize, but the voice you can hear in many of her later taped interviews, a wild laugh, not that breathy. I felt her there. It was very, it was a very warm feeling. I felt as though I was being hugged from behind my back. Mm. And look, if anybody is going to like understand the painful pursuit of acting, it's Marilyn. Like, when you read oh, her yes. diaries from her time at like Stanislavski's, like her diaries and that, like her passion for the craft is at such odds with like her status as a sex symbol. And like that pain of that is so heartbreaking. Like, whenever you read or like listen to those entries, it's just like, oh my God, like this woman just like cared so much 
about being a good actor and like being more than just like pretty mm-hmm. ugh, it just breaks my heart so I bet that she was like yeah no you have to keep doing this like it's worth it yeah Aww. Uh, when I returned to New York, more and more of Monty's books came up for auction from the same individual, and I purchased more. Among them were a copy of <laughs> were a copy of Freud's Civilization and its discontents, heavily underlined and circled. I can only assume and hope that it was used during a research period before the filing filming. I assume mm-hmm. filing of Freud. One of the books I own is Monty's French workbook from childhood. Crazy. Right. Many, many writing samples and his initials EMC scribbled everywhere. I had previously tried to visit his grave in New York, but as he is in a Quaker cemetery, it is not allowed and is it, a, it is a private space only. A few weeks ago, frustrated again by writer's block, I felt moved for some reason to visit his home where he died, which interestingly is only two houses down from where he lived the majority of his life. There, I felt very curious yet almost skeptical energy. Standing in front of this house for a minute, I started to cry. I don't know if it was some residual energy being there or frustration over this screenplay. I'm not sure. I asked Monty to help me. To tell me what to do, I decided to walk around the block and make a loop. When I came back around, the current owner was leaving, and for a split second, I got a brief view of the foyer. As I walked away going home, a quiet, matter-of-fact voice popped into my head and said, Make it about me. It was the first time that I thought of changing the featured actor from Paul Newman to anyone else. Currently, a complete revision is happening with Monty being the actor. It seems as though everything has a sort of fallen into place. Though I am nowhere near done, I feel that I'm on the right track. Hmm. Interesting that it seems Monty's spirit desires people to write movies about him. I can only imagine that he died during a slump in his career and has a lot of unfinished films and ideas that he never got to make. Okay, this is long. Apologies. Never apologize. Uh, I love the podcast. Cheers, Jake. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is, yeah, those are the books right there. So we'll be posting Jake's pictures of the books on our Instagram. But I responded to Jake, and I was like, first off, thank you for sharing this beautiful tale with us. And for those who don't know, we did an episode of The Curse of the Misfits, which was a hellacious movie that starred Marilyn Monroe, Clark Gable, and Montgomery Clift. And it, I think after it premiered, Mm -hmm. all three stars ended up passing away. Yeah, Yeah, it was first um, Clark Gable who passed away and then Marilyn and then last to go was Montgomery Clift and he dies in New York in his home in Manhattan. But I told Jake too, I feel like maybe there's some cosmic or possibly our patron saint Mm. Monty Clift who is the patron saint of actors and writers Mm -hmm. Maybe he is guiding you into this direction to continue yeah. to work and to act and to really put forth in your craft. Yeah. But I also believe Jake could be clear audience and very yeah. empathic as well. Yeah. You know, to we be do hearing things that yes. Clearly. Yeah. Whether it's your guides, your ancestors, or maybe something else that is unexplainable, uh, the universe, you know, we are given signs mm-hmm. for these paths. And also, what a like OG actor move, like make it about me. Yeah. Girl. <laughs> okay. Well, that was another thing, too. In the episode that we did, mm. there was an NPR podcast episode about this gentleman who was, um, 
he claimed that he was being visited by the ghost of Montgomery Cliff wow. to write and star in this documentary about his life. But he said that during his process, he was being visited by this energy that he believed was Montgomery Cliff. And when he was done with the whole entire project, he felt the room and his house like completely empty, like Monty like was there and then left after, you know, wow. everything else was said and done. And maybe that's what you know he's doing with jake maybe he's helping him guide him through this time that's so amazing where he needs to write something yeah. he needs to really put forth in his craft all right jake send us the sides we'll <laughs> we'll just read them for you just to, just to get ears on it and cliff actually it was lee strasberg it was oh, um okay. the strasberg yeah uh yeah it starts with the s and is always like something that sounds you know Look, eastern european all so. those acting teachers are the same <laughs> i don't care what anybody says they're all the same <laughs> So that was Jake's story of Montgomery Cliff. I thought it was a beautiful That's story. Amazing, yeah. I was like, we send in, we send out many big theatrical actor yeah. hugs to him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in general, as an artist, you need people supporting you, whether they're alive or dead. You got to have. Absolutely. You got to have wind in those sails. That's the thing about us thespians. Like we're the big support group. Yeah. You know, we're your biggest cheerleaders. We're yeah. each other's cheerleaders. Yeah, and one of us wins like we all do. I really believe that. Yes, I agree. So I'm rooting for you, Jake. Me and Montgomery <laughs> are in your corner. Holly, we're very normal <laughs> yes, rooting for yes. you, Jake. We're always here. Well, thank you so much, Jake, for yes, sharing that you. story. And we'll definitely be sharing those pictures that he sent to us on those They're books. They're so cool. That is amazing. The handwriting is yeah. so crazy. That is beautiful. He... I really feel, mm. I know in my heart, like he wanted him to have those books. Totally. Definitely did. All right. Now this one is from our listener, Keith. Hi. Hey, guys. Wanted to share my high school, Santa Clara High Oxnard um, haunted story. Oh, God. I believe that Santa Clara High is definitely haunted. It is rumored that a student died at Santa Clara, oh and his name was Joey. And oddly, our mascot's name is Joeth Saint. I didn't believe in ghosts until we all gathered around talking about him one night and uh, the basketball team's jumpsticks started violently swinging <laughs> also, what's all a, around. What's a jumpstick? I know. I'm like, what is that? Sports terms and ghosts. <laughs> my two enemies. <laughs> no. Me Googling this. Yeah, right. Um, the sticks are free hanging from a suspended rack oh. made to see how high you reach uh, when jumping, so that is a jump stick. Mm -hmm. I think I've seen those. I think it's like when you grab a hold of a stick that's hanging on a hook, and you're supposed mm. to like see if you could release it and then move it onto the higher hook. I could be wrong, mm. um, but according to him, like um, these things started jumping violently when no. they were talking about Joey. A nun is known to haunt the hallways. Oh God! Why is so it always a nun? There's a ghost in the legend of Joey and the ghost of a nun that roams the hallways of Santa Clara High. Be careful when you go to high oh. school. <laughs> no, no to the nun. And see, um, Keith also proceeds another story um, about Cal State Channel Islands, which mm -hmm. we covered in our last episode. Mm -hmm. In the dairy portion, we had a high school party there one night. A bunch of people, one of the guys didn't recognize a girl who had a glow to her and asked who she was. He approached the girl and asked if she know, knew anyone at the party, mm. who she was with. She didn't respond. Someone else tossed a beer towards the girl and it passed right through her. Oh, no. In front of 
a room of witnesses, she turns and walks Mm -mm. through a wall, Mm -mm. disappearing. Oh, my God. When my dad was in high school, he partied there as well. The worst that happened at that time was this girl was walking and she didn't see one of the meat hooks hanging oh. and it took out an eye. I think that's the scariest part of the story. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I cringed at that. Oh girl God. walking through the wall. Ooh, scary. But like getting an eye hook? gouged out by a meat hook. Goodbye. I'm Good night. I, I, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Ugh. Yes, so great little stories right there. The beer going through her, I would just die. Yeah. But then you're with other people. That would wake you up. Oh my God. Would you be, if you're at that party, Bryce, would you be awake and to witness something? If I saw that, I would leave. Like, there's no, I would just be like, okay, I'm leaving. Like, this is not for me. I Mm -hmm. cannot. This is, I'm. Well, this certainly mm -hmm. woke me up. Bye. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gonna just start throwing beers at people now. Like, are you real? Are you real? Can you please stop throwing beers at us. No, aren't you supposed to be asleep? Yeah, nah. it's fine. <laughs> this is our new party tradition. All right, guys. So we have one more story right here, and this is one that I collected at my job. Ooh. And it's a dormitory tale. So apparently, we have a haunted dorm. Oh, God. And I found out through the student that she had an experience in the storm. <laughs> and she was so excited and willing to share her story for our listeners' tales. And trigger warning, oh. the story does contain a story about anorexia and mm-hmm. an eating disorder. So listeners' discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Riley. This is my haunted school story. Yeah, there you go. Um... Yeah, so I, in my dorm room, apparently it was rumored that a girl had died multiple years back inside the dorm rooms and that she still haunted uh, the place. And so I didn't really, I was just like, I'm a superstitious person, but not a huge superstitious person. So I was just like, she'll do whatever she needs to do and I'll do my thing. But every so often things would happen where I wasn't in the room for a lot of them, but I had things on my walls and they would just like fly off the walls uh, suddenly and there's just like no explanation and my roommate would ask whether I was in the bathroom or like I shut the door loudly or something that would like force it to get off the wall I was like no nobody's at the room except you and she's like I don't want to be here anymore but um (laughs) yeah it was just really small things like that and then sometimes this might be my paranoia but sometimes I would get into the room and I would think I saw somebody but nobody would be there because it wasn't my roommate or I would just think I saw eyes looking at me but they nobody else would be there or at night or that just like if I woke up in the middle of the night I'd look over and I'd go that's weird I'm going to bed (laughs) just (laughs) kind of ignore it but that's kind of all that there was for the experience of dorm room hauntings (laughs) this is the story I was told I've you know it's been years kind of since it happened but my old RA's older sister was the RA for the floor when it happened so this was kind of or at least that's what she told me but um apparently the girl was it was like a long weekend or something or Thanksgiving break you know so maybe we're coming up on the anniversary um and she was it was rumored that maybe she had an eating disorder or had anorexia or was just super in a level that was just like very minute Mm -hmm. 
and over the before the weekend she went to bed but slipped in between where the wall is and where her bed is and then ended up suffocating oh my god because she couldn't move and she wasn't like strong enough to do anything and that she ended up like her pillows and everything was around her so she ended up suffocating but her roommate wasn't had like been gone that day i guess she went to take a nap or something and it's rumored that like or the roommate came back and there was like a weird smell in the room or like something was happening because her roommate left for break and was like oh my other roommate's gone but really she was just like she was dead in the room already oh my goodness and so then that's what i've heard from the story of yeah. my understanding of it but basically she like suffocated and then it was like a long weekend and definitely somebody came back and was the roommate came back and was like oh this isn't right and then figured out that she was actually died oh that's horrific and it's we had a moment as a roommate group because we thought you know this ghost is gonna be around for a little bit and there's actually uh, a memorial or commemoration at the statues by the that area at the bluff um oh. there's a statue there that commemorates anybody who's died on his campus or like during their time at Yale. And so we could only find, like, one person who kind of fit the description, and it was the only person that was a girl. So then we ended up, like, going back to the room, and every time we would just try and always say her name as well. But, um, so th that's an interesting part of it, where I think her name is probably written down on it, where there was somebody who died during the 90s, which is kind of supposedly when it took place. Has anybody else um, that you heard had any experiences on that floor or possibly in that room too? Yeah. Before living there, my friends and I went to go check it out. And when we went to the floor to see what was happening, my friends and I went to go onto the floor, check it out. And when we were leaving, my friends got spooked by a sound or something if they felt like I wasn't close enough to it i stayed by the door and like, it's not me like, no you guys can check it out i'll let her do whatever she wants to do um and they thought they heard something i was like come here or something you know oh no and so they ran and as they were running to the door um they tried opening it and pressing it and the door wouldn't open and so then and they were putting their whole body weight on it and then finally i was like guys stop messing around and i went to press it and it pushed open and the way they looked at me, they were like, Riley, we were doing everything. Like, how did you do that? Like that. And so now they're convinced that um, it was like the ghost was there. And I've only heard other things where it's people saying that they saw somebody at night. There's a lot of people who like left the hallways or looked outside for a second and thought they saw like a figure walking past their room and then opening the door and then not seeing anybody. But I think in the study rooms, I used to always feel a little bit eerie because... Mm -hmm. Sometimes it would felt like somebody was there. And then I always thought I heard somebody was like behind me or about to enter the room. And then I'd turn around and then it would be nobody. And I'd go, okay, this is fun. <laughs> um, but that was all I kind of ever heard about in their room. Not a lot of other like crazy. I don't think there's ever been like a full sighting. Somebody knows exactly what she looks like moment. Right. But a lot of just like figure moment. But you know that something's there. Yeah. You definitely feel like something's there. And you never really feel like you're by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that always the case? <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And that is Riley's story mm -mm. of her haunted dorm. So I remembered 
the students telling me about mm. this dorm, this hall that had a supposed ghost. And it was in relation to this girl that passed away. They researched the story and there are articles about wow. the death of this girl. So, um, that I mean, not to be, you know, whatever. That is one of the scariest deaths I've ever heard about. It's That's, horrible. What a, sad, what a horrible, sad way to go. That's I know. Really I know. It, I was like very shocked when I actually came across the article and yeah. I was like, oh, wow, that's that's a tough one. Yeah. Is something left behind? I mean, when something traumatic like that, that happens. That is a very traumatic way to go and a traumatic way of living. Um, I mean, not to be super whatever, but like I think in general we treat eating disorders too lightly as a society. Mm-hmm they're kind of still a little taboo and we all kind of look at these people who are idolized who like anyone you're seeing on a publication or in a movie it's professional eating disorder Mm -hmm. if you really look at like men women they're dehydrating themselves they're doing these things to look the way that we're seeing that's even before photoshop and so i think the ways that we talk about eating disorders are very still very much in the shadows and like I think talking about them is so important and I think it's you know hard always to ask for help but like it's just it's just not worth it just don't do that to yourself and I get it like that's coming from someone who also like we all have issues with food you know Mm -hmm. but you just that's really sad now this dormitory is going through this weird Mm. unexplainable Mm -hmm like sequence of occurrences mm-hmm. uh, and Riley the student she was telling me yeah you know I believe in the paranormal I just never thought that this would happen to me yeah. you know before the interview and she said I wonder if her going in with the mindset I wonder how much it affected like you mm-hmm. do what you do and I'll do what I do right that mindset has I feel like is shielding her a bit that's true. Like, I'm going to block you away from my mind, yeah. and I'm going to do my thing. Like, and... no, no, you know, we'll just do our own things. Like, let's right. not interfere with each other. And so, it's like her little... roommates are the ones that are experiencing it. Yeah. The ghost seems to be, like, kind of leaving her to her own thing. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. I feel like she is in some way related to you, because how she just handles it, going to sleep. Oh, my God. That is the <laughs> right. lesson of this entire episode. She's like, well, I'll just go to sleep. Ah, queen. <laughs> Get so it, girl. Just, I'll just, like, pretend this is not happening. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the new school that I'm working at now, I go from one haunted school to the next, has a couple of ghost stories. They're all, all yeah. schools are haunted. Yeah, it is. Like, I was um I was chatting with Riley about her experiences because I was directed to go to her because mm. a lot of the students are like, oh, you know, we heard about your podcast. You need to talk to Riley. <laughs> and then That's I'm hilarious. directed to the chair of my department. He had an experience in the shop that I work at and oh manage. So here's his story. So he was telling me that we may have a ghost in our theater. Of course. You and know what? At this point, show me a theater that's not haunted. haunted. Exactly. And I'll go visit those. And it's always like at an academic theater. Mm-hmm. It's always haunted by yep. the patron or the donor who's, who mm-hmm. is the theater's named after, right? Mm-hmm. So they believed it's named after, you know, this woman who was, you know, the theater's biggest donor. Well, he said that, you know, I... You know, I believe in the paranormal, but, you know, I've never had anything specifically happen to me here. 
I've been working at this school for 10 years, but there's this one night that I was working and I can't <laughs> explain this. So according to him, he was working in the costume shop pretty late. He was sewing up a storm and he said, it's hard for me to put a stop to things. Like when I start something, I got to finish it. Sure. He said I, I needed to go dye a couple of pieces of fabric. As he was walking to the crafts room, he stopped and he felt like something was in the room with him and it was this get out feeling like all right it's time for you to go you're in my space leave, leave my craft supplies alone right and clean up after yourself and, clean up after yourself. <laughs> right? Thank you. and don't forget to turn off the iron um so he said you know i've worked in the space pretty late at times but i never had this sense of like get out this feeling Ooh. of get out so he said that he turned around and he felt compelled to say, okay, I am leaving. I'm going to turn off everything. I'm going to grab my bag and I'm going to leave. And then he heard a knock on a wall. Uh. And I asked him, was like, was anybody else? He's like, no one else was in the building. Like, I, 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 you know, when someone's in the building and no one else was there, it was very quiet. It was pretty late. Like, it, nothing was going on and I think it was something that he was doing for an outside project but he was like I just felt compelled just to grab my stuff and leave Ugh. which has never happened and he's like you know I'll just I'll just do what I need to do tomorrow you know it's fine so he you know got the message he grabbed his stuff and he left oh god yeah that's so creepy the yeah. <laughs> oh my god then I had a little I had a little thing happen too. I know I'm sensitive in some right. aspect. I, I feel a lot of things. I was sent uh, the way that this is this whole costume inventory is laid out. So they they put our costume inventory in different buildings, which really annoys me. Oh god! And this one building, it's one of the oldest buildings on the campus, and um, it feels like Hogwarts just to get to this storage facility of our costumes. <laughs> so I have to go into another room, go down a hallway, into another hallway, and it's weird. So I went there for, I think, the first time. I think it was the first time I was directed to go and see it. Um, I opened the door. Um, it is a very overwhelming feeling. Mm. I'm like, why do I feel so overwhelmed? Like, I've been in a lot of spaces, and when it comes to costume stock, like you always feel claustrophobic. I'm used to it. I'm whatever. Right. I'm I've pulled costume in smaller mm -hmm. places before, um, but I got this sense of like of anxiety, like a fear and anxiety. It was the weirdest thing. The further I got into the storage, the more anxiety my anxiety grew. Oh. I felt that people were after me. It was the weirdest feeling. So I, I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave. This is this was weird. It was just a weird feeling that I had in this space. So I left. Like, what the hell was that? So I went to go talk to one of um, the directors of the school, and I was like, can you, what can you tell me about that building? He's like, oh, the that building's really interesting. It's uh, one of the first buildings that was built on campus. It was actually one of the first buildings that we kept a lot of the Japanese individuals from the imprisoned camps. Oh my God. Little bit of LA history. The Japanese Americans were forced into um, internment camps here in Los Angeles um, during World War II. Oh. 
and most of whom were already American citizens and California residents were pushed into these camps. So after these camps were torn down, Mm -hmm. they had uh, taken in a lot of these um, individuals that were part of these camps. They took them in. They gave them a place to stay. They gave them meals. Like They just took care of them. They took them in, and it was in that building, and it just so happened that the storage facility was right above the area where they would all sleep. Oh my god. It was a floor above them. Oh my god. Some some uh emotions reverberating from yeah, that. Like, it that's was crazy. It it was I was like, what? Was that is that what I was feeling? George Takai has a really beautiful play about his time growing up in one of the camps. I remember that. I think it, I, it was definitely nominated for a Tony. I don't remember if it won for best play. I feel like it did. Uh, someone can correct me on that. But yeah, not a great... And it's interesting. If you actually go on a portion of the hike at Griffith Park, you can actually still see uh, parts of the airport that were converted at the time to housing within the camp Mm -hmm. and now it's like obviously airport bungalow bunkers or something like that but there are like buildings that are still there from that time yeah there are still structures that are the main echo of those camps which is really sad and this is what we talk about all the time is like there are layers of history in Los Angeles that are like bubbling up through the present and like that is a pungent rotten layer of American history. Right. You're not going to be able to gloss over that. You could definitely sense it. Like, yeah. I, I had no idea that happened. Like, yeah. I was like, no way that our school did that. I know. I didn't know about that. I didn't. I promise you, I did not know about that either. Like, I mean, this was like the first week that I was working yeah. and I was like trying to figure out where's everything at? Okay, let yeah. me go take a look at this place. And I've been in a lot of stock and I've never had those overwhelming mm-hmm. feelings until I walked into this one. And I was like, I got to get out of here. It's so weird. Like, it was the weirdest thing and we talked about how you know our energy when Mm. it's absorbed into an environment like that it could be so it could be so compelling and repetitive Mm -hmm. like it it could possibly develop into an apparition or it could definitely you know create some sort of a tulpa i don't know some sort of effect but that was something that was definitely felt yeah so Uh uh-huh and that is all of our listeners' tales. Spooky. <laughs> Very spooky, but there's always like an impression left behind. Yes. Mm-hmm. A lesson to learn, indeed. Yeah. And whether it's pieces of uh, clues that the universe mm-hmm. or a ghost such as Montgomery Clift is yeah. leaving behind, or pieces of history or a bad direction that mm. one's life had taken, yeah. it's all. A learning process for all yeah. of us. You I love know, that the school has a statue dedicated to, or like a memorial dedicated to people who have died on campus. That's really lovely. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah, uh, I'm like, wow, like, what is this campus doing to yeah. us? <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> um, I think it's people too who have served at the school who have passed on, and the school recognizes. Mm. And then, of course, um, we had a student too in our department many years ago who passed away in a car accident. I believe his name is on there as well. Mm. So I think they they honor, you know, those alumni and those workers and also those students who were part of that, you know, university, which I I think was really nice for them to recognize. Yeah, it's very sweet. It's a way Mm -hmm. to remember and, you know, if we are the things that people remember about us, that's very lovely. Yes. In some way, it's like 
be thankful for the things that you have. Totally. Be thankful for the life that you have, for the things that you have in front of you, even though we at times um, really don't see what's mm-hmm. in front of us and what we truly have. But yeah. be thankful for everything that you got because you never know. One day it could mm. be taken away. But thank you guys so much for tuning yes. in to today's episode of our listeners' tales. Such good ones today. I know. So spooky. Very spooky, very interesting, all with a pretty interesting message, I, yeah. I would say. Um, but if you have a listener story that you love for us to share on one of our episodes, please send it on over to hollyweirdparanormal at gmail.com. And if you like to stalk us, you can feel free <laughs> to stalk us on our website, hollyweirdparanormal.com as well. You can follow us on our social medias. Yes. We're on Twitter at HWP Podcast, TikTok, uh, Instagram, and Facebook at hollyweirdparanormal. And of course, if you want to, you know, just say hi to us, write us a message, hollyweirdparanormal at gmail.com. And if you want to rate and review our podcast, please feel free to do so on Apple Podcasts. Give us a really positive five-star rating. It helps us indie podcasters become a little more visible. And I think that's it. Oh, Patreon. If you want to become mm-hmm. a Patreon member, please feel free to head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Paranormal. You can also find it on our website for as little as $1 or more per month. You could be a Hollyweird producer. We have a secret podcast called Saturday Night Ghost Club where we collect ghost stories from people on the street, our co-workers, our nail technicians, our barbers, <laughs> our neighbors. Yes. We collect them, make a cute little episode, and try to scare the hell out of you out of that episode <laughs> you'll also be gifted with magnets pins stickers coasters and now keychains yes. and, and more stickers Swag. and yes so it's it's a lot that you know you get in return and you do help support this podcast help us with our hosting site yes. help us with our promotions and help us with our caffeine addiction <laughs> <That part. laughs> Um, real quickly, we do have some shout outs. So a big thank you to our new Patreon members, mm. Carla Richards Mornson and Natalie. Thank you so much to Natalie and Carla for joining Holly Weird Paranormal Patreon. So thank you so much for your support. And like I said, guys, if you want to venture on over to our Patreon page, it's www.patreon.com forward slash Paranormal. We hope you guys have a wonderful day, week, month, year. Yes. And we hope that you guys are staying healthy and mm. staying safe. And yes. most of all, staying Holly Weird. Yes. Bryce, do you have anything else you want to say to our listeners before we depart and <laughs> attempt to, I don't know, not fall asleep and to cook? A turkey. turkey, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, just uh, have a good holiday and uh, bye. Bye. <laughs> Don't fall asleep. Bye. <laughs>